Hello, welcome everyone to this new episode of the PwC TaxBite podcast series. In this podcast, we will talk about tax transparency, an interesting and important topic. And for that topic, I have two experts in my virtual recording studio. First of all, I have with me Stefan de Baats. Stefan is a senior counsel in our transpricing team, formerly with the OECD, formerly with the tax authorities, and combining all of that, more than 20 years of experience in transpricing. In addition, we also have Carla Buyens with us. Carla is a director in our transpricing team and particularly experienced in BEPS 13 and the Belgian implementation thereof. And with these two experts, I look forward to discuss the topic of tax transparency where quite a bit has happened in the past days. Before we dive into the topic, let me um, invite you to subscribe to this podcast via Apple, Spotify, or Google, so you always have the latest edition in your inbox when it's out. Um, but let's kick off. Um, tax transparency, a lot has happened in the past days. Stefan, can you explain us what was decided? Thank you, Peter, and good day to all our listeners. Uh, we all know country by country reporting, the OECD, BEPS Action 13 element, which was introduced into European law and European member states law by uh, DEC 4, Directive on Administrative Cooperation number 4. This proposal now is an accounting directive to be approved by um, qualified majority. What has happened now is that on 1st of June, uh, of this year, representatives of the council under the Portuguese presidency, they have reached a provisional political agreement with representatives of the European Parliament, their negotiating team, on this proposal of directive on public country by country reporting. So this, as I mentioned already, this is an accounting directive. It is not a tax directive but containing tax information. And we will address that a bit further down this, this podcast. What will the next step and what will happen now is that this provisional text, this political text, will be submitted to the relevant bodies of both Council and European Parliament for another political endorsement. After this endorsement, the Council will actually agree in a first reading on the basis of this political text and then the European Parliament should also approve the council position and then the directive is adopted. Time frame wise uh, I've heard that the ECOFIN can relatively rapidly approve this council this can can happen this month over the next couple of days and I've also heard that the European Parliament will endorse this text after the summer recess. So before the fall, I think we will have this kind of public by country directive. Okay, thanks, Stefan. So it's clear it will come. Eh? Still some steps need to be taken for formal approval, but clearly the, the bullet has left uh, and, and the political decision is there. Um, so that brings us then to why is this so important? Eh? And, and Carla, can you share with us why, why is this an important step forward? Yeah, thank you, Peter. Um, so first of all, 
this would be an obligation um, and this additional transparency requirement. It would be an obligation that is for any multinational company, whether it's European headquartered or not, that is currently active in the European market. Um, and um, in, in the, the, the threshold of the group that needs to be complied with is a turnover, a consolidated turnover of more than 750 million euros. So basically it's not a, a, a new requirement because we already have some um, regulatory requirements on reporting this country by country information, for example, for credit uh, institutions and investment firms, uh, the, the, the banking industry, they already needed to report um, information on a country by country basis as well as the companies involved in extractive and, and the lodging industry, there was also something that was applicable for them. But this will be for every multinational company. Um, and it, yeah, it's clear that this needs to be seen in the, in the broader agenda of the Commission uh, on, uh, to ensure a fair taxation, meaning, meaning that all companies should, fair, should pay their fair amount of taxes in the country where they generate profits. And I think maybe as a, as a final point, it is clear that maybe although the information that those companies need to report is basically um, the same as they already need to report to the tax authorities, um, it is clear that now not only the tax authorities will have access to this information, but also the public domain. So it basically means that the companies um, will, will, will basically enlarge the audience that will read and interpret this information. So we're talking about publicly disclosing tax information. So indeed, uh, that's that's very clear that this is an, a very important step then. And then I'm curious to understand a bit better, Carla, what kind of information we are talking about. Yeah. Um, so um, we are looking, we are talking about the tax information. And next to this tax information, there is also some more general information in order to better understand the uh, the numbers. So the information needs to be disclosed on a country by country basis, and it entails the the, the following categories: being the nature of activities that the the entities are performing, the number of employees, the total turnover, being a split between third parties turnover as well as the related parties turnover, the profit made before tax, the amount of income tax due, the amount of the taxes actually paid during the year, and as the last one, the accumulative earnings. So this information, it needs to be um, disclosed on the website and also separately um, with the European Commission, and it needs to be disclosed for every country in the EU uh, where the where the group is active in separately um, and aggregated numbers um, are to be disclosed for the rest of the world unless the country uh, the group is active in companies that are being um, uh, in the blacklisted countries or in the grey listed countries um, and I think as a last one, um, there is also um, an, uh, an, an exception, maybe a temporary exception, being for sensitive information. So groups, they can use um, a kind of, um, yeah, they, they can use some additional more time in order to prepare themselves. Because yeah, it's clear that some of the information that these groups will share, yeah, is kind of um, sensitive information. Carla, sensitive information, a lot of the information in, in, in tax is sensitive. Where do they draw the border? What is sensitive here? 
Yeah, so it's clear that companies cannot escape from their reporting, so they will need to report anyway. They just get some time in order to adjust and to prepare the information so that they don't disclose the sensitive information, for example, on intangibles or on, on, on some other things that yeah, will, for a multinational enterprise, be considered to be sensitive. But they will not escape, they just got, get, got some additional time in order to adapt. Uh, okay, okay. So country by country information on Europe, aggregate information next to that, and then there are these black and grey listed countries. Stefan, what is that all about? Yeah, thanks Peter. Uh, indeed, it, this is different from the OECD country by country reporting. So as Carla has indicated, we can actually distinguish between several categories of countries. So for the European member states, it is indeed country by country, jurisdiction by jurisdiction reporting that needs to be performed. For the rest of the world, let me make it easy, that is an aggregate basis. So you could say, well, we have the member states and we have the rest of the world, but there it comes with a twist because the so-called tax havens, the blacklisted countries, so the, the, the countries that are indeed on the, the list of tax havens according to the European Commission and the, the, the code of conduct, they actually have also to be reported on a country by country basis. So this is the second category of countries on a country by country basis. The third category of countries to be reported on a country by country basis are the so-called gray listed countries, which are on the list for three consecutive years. The gray listed countries are countries that are still on the route actually of adapting BEPS measures, of adapting to certain criteria that the European Union has, uh, has put forward in order not to be on the blacklist, but that have not yet fully completed that journey. So therefore they are on the gray list. They are on the path, on the path actually to becoming a non-blacklisted country. And therefore, if they are on the list for three consecutive years, the European Commission might think, well, they're taking a bit too long. So therefore we also, it might be interesting also therefore to have this information on a country by country basis. But if they are not on the list for, for more than for three years, then they also come with the rest of the world. They have to be aggregated with the rest of the world. So these are actually the four categories of, of uh, countries that you have the member states, country by country, blacklisted country by country, gray listed, aggregated, unless three consecutive years, that becomes country by country and aggregate basis also for the rest of the world. Okay, thanks for clarifying that, Stefan. Now that's, that's I think, very clear. Well, I think it's, it's very clear also for the audience that this is a, a very important step, publishing country by country tax information on the website, publicly available, that's a major step. But yeah, a lot of initiatives are being taken uh, in, in terms of transparency. How important is this step, Stefan, in the broader picture? Thanks, Peter. Yes, this is one step towards transparency, and that is transparency towards the public domain, uh, as Carla has been saying. We have already several other initiatives uh, going forward on transparency. Let's think about the EU tax observatory that was launched also on the 1st of June, uh, the tax observatory that is led by Gabriel Zuckman. We also have the tax committee uh, within the European Parliament, which is led by Paul Tang, European Parliament member. 
which is also very much, uh, the tax committee is also very much interested in, in transparency and tax havens and the blacklists. So uh, for further work to be, to be undertaken there by, by the parliament as well. We also have the transparency measures under the Directive on Administrative Cooperation number 6, 7 and 8. Let us think about uh, DAC 6 with the reporting obligation for tax intermediaries or taxpayers with regard to potentially harmful transactions or operations. We can think about DAC 7 with regard to joint, joint audits or simultaneous audits or controls and rights of foreign tax auditors to actually perform under certain circumstances an audit in a foreign country. We have DEC 8 with harmonization of penalties. So all this enters into the, the scope of more transparency. We can also link it to the OECD uh, G20 story on pillar one and pillar two. Also with regard, uh, for, for instance, with the EU communication of the 18th of May on business taxation for the 21st century and the five actions. And as an example, I can give the publication of effective tax rates, a proposal for the directive, which according to the European Commission will be tabled by 2022. So as I indicated, this is one step in, a, in the transparency story, but there's certainly more to come with regard to transparency. Yeah, thanks, Stefan. And uh, indeed, so um, I would say to the audience, stay tuned with this podcast because I'm sure we'll come back to those other developments when they occur. But the public CBCR is a very important step. So I, I imagine that listeners uh, are thinking, well, what can I do with this? What should I do to prepare myself for this? Carla, from your experience in the trenches, let's say, of transfer pricing, what would you recommend? Yeah, of of course that's uh, it's it's not an easy recommendation, Peter, because I think that you will see two type of of groups, two type of, um, of 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 positions that you can take with this public CBCR. First, I think there will just be uh, multinationals that will just comply strictly comply with the uh, the new regulations. Eh? So they will just present the information, stack information on the website as it is required, and they will not do anything more with it. Um, I think on the other side, there are also groups that will take this as a kind of opportunity. Yeah? So um, in their style of communication, it's part of their environmental, social and corporate governance and the ECG, where they will say, okay, let's um, openly, transparently talk about our taxes, not only corporate taxes, eh, the ones that we are uh, focusing now here on the public CBCR, but, but more broader, eh, also on the customs or the other type of taxes that they are paying. So they will take this as a kind of opportunity to show to their stakeholders, to the rest of the public domain, okay, this is what we are paying. They will, they will provide further clarification so that the reader can better understand, can interpret this data, and they will take it to their advantage, I think. Okay, well, um, um, so that's clear. And, and, and so indeed, we can also see this as an opportunity. That's, that's I think, yeah. a, a main message that I, I would take from this. Because they already have prepared the information and the information is there. They already need to submit it with the tax authorities. So it is there, there is no additional burden for them. So they take this as an opportunity as a kind of communication style towards the public domain, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess taking this as an opportunity will also help you to prepare for the other developments Stefan yeah. uh, uh, was talking about. Eh? Okay, yeah. now um, thanks for that and, and, and sharing that. I think we are heading towards the end uh, of this of the time we have for this podcast. And, and before concluding, uh, let me come back to you, Stefan. Uh, what is your overall conclusion on all of this? 
Yeah, thanks, Peter. Well, uh, Carla already uh, referred to, to ESG, and there can also be other initiatives that, that can be mentioned. For example, think about the global reporting initiatives where major groups have already signed on, on, on this kind of public reporting under the GRI standards. So what I do see is I would not expect too much scrutiny from the tax authorities because they have already access to this kind of information through different channels and also through the public country by through the country by country reporting under the OECD BEPS Action 13. So so that's not where I expect major scrutiny, but there could come more scrutiny with regard to uh, with regard to civil society from the public, from the tax committee, uh, and and that is where perhaps also a danger lies because interp interpreting these figures, these raw figures, might not always be easy. So therefore, my take is that in, in drafting these, these elements, we need to be careful to also put in perhaps an element of how these figures needs to be interpreted. Because otherwise, just raw figures may very easily be misinterpreted. And that is, I would say, my major my major uh, point of criticism on this uh, public country by country reporting that there is no guidance on how these figures should be interpreted and they can give rise to misinterpretation that's my take okay okay that's clear stefan and putting together what you said what carla said the way I would conclude on this is like, yeah, public CBCR, it will require you to make public your tax information. The question is, do you put it out there without any context or do you take this as an opportunity uh, to give a bit of background and context and color to the to the numbers and explain what they mean? Um, okay, now, uh, very clear. And uh, thank you for that. We are at the end of the podcast. So I want to thank Stefan and Carla for sharing uh, their thoughts here i want to thank you listener to tune in for the podcast and invite you to subscribe for the podcast via apple spotify or google uh, so you're always uh, up to date with the latest edition of this podcast um, and with that i will conclude on this podcast thank you <laughs>